Tom Swalbrick on LBC. And so here we are, Friday afternoon of a long weekend. Sun's out, fun's out, feet up, shades on. Chow down on this. At 10 to 6 with Tom Swalbrick on LBC is our globe-trotting Simon Marks with his American Week. Tom, I am ending this particular American week once again, not in America. I'm in Tokyo this Friday, just days after the G7 summit wrapped up in Hiroshima, where President Biden had a tough time persuading his colleagues that America is not about to cause the rest of the world economic duress. In his closing press conference last weekend, the president conceded the possibility that the United States might, within days, default on its debts, sparking a global economic crisis, though he denied that the possibility caused consternation around the summit conference table. It would be a very serious circumstance if we didn't pay our debt for the first time in 230 years. That'd be a serious problem. So far, there's been very little discussion, and they all know what's going on, about whether or not we're going to default on our debt. I can't guarantee that they wouldn't force a default by doing something outrageous. I can't guarantee that. Well, that was last Sunday. Today, the White House says a deal with the Republicans to avert catastrophe might be unveiled in a few hours or perhaps over the weekend. Anguished negotiations continue. There was anguish of another kind in America this week, and you could hear it even from 7,000 miles away. This was the week when Republican Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida decided to enter the race for the American president. It could not have gone any worse. And a warning, there is nothing wrong with the sound here on LBC. All right. Uh, Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, everyone, depending on wherever in the world you're joining us from. I'm broadcasting live from David from Twitter headquarters. Elon is sitting next to me, and we want and we want to welcome you to this historic Twitter Spaces event, and more broadly, a first in the history of social media. A first and a last. Governor DeSantis made the catastrophic miscalculation of deciding to announce his effort to win the Republican Party's presidential nomination in a live audio broadcast over Twitter, a chat with the platform's own. Elon Musk, who must surely now be regretting that he fired so many engineers who used to work at Twitter. For half an hour, they struggled with technical gremlins that left the audience, and presumably Governor DeSantis, reeling. Are we on? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, let's see. So, they just keep crashing, huh? Yeah, I think we've got <laughs> a, just a massive number of people online, so it's... Um, Servers are straining somewhat. To be more precise, it was Elon Musk's credibility and quite possibly his sphincter that was straining as ongoing efforts to fix the problem became increasingly desperate and comedic. All right, we're just uh, reallocating more uh, server capability uh, to be able to handle load here. It's uh, really going going crazy. Yeah, I'm um, very excited to um, have uh, Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, Every time Elon Musk tried to introduce the governor, he was suddenly struck mute on the live webcast. Every single time. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, Governor DeSantis uh, for this uh, historic. We're just trying to to get it going because there's so many people. Just trying to get it going because there's so many people. Um, 
All right. Well, it's certainly uh, an, an incredible honor to uh, have Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, stark announcement. No idea where that music came from. It was a bit reminiscent of the clangers and went on for several minutes unexplained until finally they gave up, went away to sort themselves out and eventually started all over again. By then, half the audience, including, I must confess, yours truly, had given up. As my 19-year-old son succinctly put it, he's had more reliable audio conversations when he's playing video games on his Xbox with people on the other side of the planet. Poor old Governor DeSantis immediately became grist for the mill of Donald Trump's political attack ads. Hello, uh, can you hear me now? Can I please make my big announcement now? Everyone just... Hello! Just shut up, George. Okay, so how are we going to take out Trump, you guys? Uh, uh... Trump 2024, baby. Let's go. Voices there created synthetically by artificial intelligence. By the time this election campaign is over, some in the tech industry worry American voters won't be able to tell what's real and what's fabricated. Very much genuine, the joy in the Trump campaign at their unexpected good fortune, the former president was already streaks ahead in the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination. DeSantis probably should have announced his candidacy earlier and certainly should have done it in a more orthodox way. In interviews this week, he claimed laughably that there's so much public excitement about his campaign that he broke Twitter. But for the man who projects himself as the competent alternative to Trump, his campaign launch was a massive setback and led to course correction in a bid to appeal to core Trump voters. Do you think the January 6th defendants deserve to have their cases examined by a Republican president? I'm going to do on day one. Um, I will have uh, folks that will get together and look at all these cases and we will be aggressive at issuing pardons. And I will do that uh, at the front end. DeSantis there matching Trump's vow to pardon convicted January the 6th rioters who now include Stuart Rhodes of the far right Oath Keepers. This week he was sentenced to 18 years in jail for seditious conspiracy in his violent effort that day two years ago to keep Trump in power. The judge called him an ongoing threat and peril to our democracy. If either Trump or DeSantis win the presidency, he could be back on the streets. There's more to say about Governor DeSantis and his political record in Florida, and we will get to that next week, because this week we have to end with the death of an icon. Incredible Tina Turner, that's a fool in love. Her breakout hit released in 1960 with her turbulent, indeed violent, husband Ike. American presidents, fellow musicians, artists, writers and fans all paid tribute this week following her death at the age of 83. The New York Times called her a magnetic singer of explosive power, much of which could be traced back to that explosive relationship with her ex-husband and her recovery from his abuse. In an interview recorded to promote the 1993 film about her life, What's Love Got to Do With It, starring Angela Bassett, Tina Turner credited her spirit and independence to her admiration for former First Lady Jackie Kennedy. It was what it feels like when you meet an icon, and I'm sure I'm that for a lot of rock people, someone that you have worshipped and watched and mimicked and uh, used as a reference for... Um, uh, helping yourself to 
become a better person. I always look to try to become a lady. And I think Jackie was a perfect example of a lady. And so was Tina Turner, who died at her home in Switzerland, a very long way from Nutbush, Tennessee, where she was born. Now, everyone's got a favourite Tina Turner anthem, but I'm lucky enough to play mine on the radio. When the Heartache is Over, released by Tina Turner in 1999, it went to number 10 in the UK. In a week of yet more American uncertainty and downright American incompetence, Tom, we will all assuredly be aching for the loss of her example, talent and empowerment. I can make my own decisions It was only a Tokyo via Washington, D.C., the real Simon Marks with his American Week.